ladies and gentlemen, you know exactly what time it is. Welcome to the Catitude Podcast on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Anders Pryor. Thank you for making us a part of your week, a part of your holiday season. Uh, happy holidays for those of you all out there, whatever whatever it is you, you, you celebrate. Um, they got the big tall Christmas tree up here on campus. I wasn't able to go to the lighting. I had some friends that were singing at it. I couldn't make it, unfortunately, but it looks gorgeous. I've sent photos of it to about 10 people to make them jealous of what we have here on campus. Um, but it's great. Only, only We've only had snow a couple days, uh, so nothing too too bad. I, 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 you know, it always sucks when it's snowing, right? You know, because it's always worth it to get all the weird feelings of snow and get all in your hair and it, and it makes all your clothes wet and whatever. I'm willing to take all of that if it means that we get like that, the snowy kind of Christmassy sort of atmosphere. I, I didn't feel any of that this time. So, you know, which is, which is unfortunate, but you know, you, 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 you can, you take what you get. Um, but happy but yeah happy holidays happy final season for those of you tuning in who are taking exams and and doing projects and giving presentations uh I actually just finished up my capstone about a couple hours ago uh went very successful had a great group of guys um and and we and now we're and now we're here and and we have basketball to talk about and in the midst of it all that that's the apex that's that's the that's the top of the priority list so let's get right to it guys so losing streak now currently sits uh at 3 um coming into now we have St. Joe's and then Drexel and then Kansas State um obviously I want to talk about the Kansas State game, and I want to talk. About, I want to talk about kind of the broader attitude, um, but I do want to begin with the Wildcat versus Wildcat battle, and what it means and what it doesn't mean. Um, it was the I I thought frankly that the basketball that we played. In our seventy-three, I think it was seventy-three to seventy-two loss, um, was inspiring yet confusing. Um, I, I've seen those combinations of words be thrown around, and I think it's very accurate. Um, I mean, in in the sense of okay, like let's just kind of say what we're all thinking, you know. So let let if we if we um. If we go through it out loud, here's here's the idea, right? So, I am not so. Um, Jerome Tang is now nine and zero in overtime. Um, at, he was eight and zero going into the game, so it's hard to blame any coach, new, old, or what have you, to kind of you know place place to place you know place blame on someone for losing to someone who has that sort of track record um cuz that's a very specific kind of coaching that calls for a very specific kind of recruiting um when people recruit like one of the big things that they recruit is like endurance like that's a factor 
and they now have like a bunch of guys that lean into that and that you know absorb that well and it, and it translated here um because cuz Kansas State did not especially in the in the in the first half didn't you know by and large despite what some of the leads were didn't play great basketball they were really uns, they were not in great sync the whole time. There were multiple. I counted like four or five instances where I was like, "Wow, like that's just really forced." Whether it was just throwing the ball out of bounds, or or eight seconds, or three seconds, or or whatever it was, half court stuff. It wasn't great. Um, but then they get to the overtime and down the stretch. You know, they have the kinds of guys that physically, like they, you know, and they, they they've built up for it. And you know, they they have the group that they have, and they've they have experienced it over time. Um, third straight game in it. So I, I don't I don't hold too much blame to, to that factor specifically. Um I also don't entirely blame and because quite frankly I would have done the same thing. I would I don't blame Neptune for calling to put um Tyler Perry the guard in a one-on-one situation because he's been their star, but he 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 was having an off he he was having a bad night from shooting. He was he was totally cold, so I really genuinely don't blame him for for that. Um, I I I would have done the same thing. I thought that that was a good demonstration of like the matchup awareness. I, I forget you know in terms of who was you know in terms of. The, the two people that were next to each other in the perimeter that it was it was Ware and it was Hart and there was a switch there was a switch on the right side of the key um that went down but i don't i mean I, regardless of who it was you know as long as it wasn't like a blatant mismatch i you know putting like Njoku on on there for some for you know him as an example um i i don't think that I don't blame, you know, down the stretch at the end of the game, you know, putting him in a one-on-one situation where he has to take a shot, you know, a, a, the kind of shot that he had been missing, like, the whole night. Um, so, so situationally-wise, I don't, I don't blame that. I don't really have anything too negatively to say about the drop. The draw up, excuse me. The only actual blame that I will cast, however... Um, towards Neptune was that when we got the ball back, the last possession of the game with the game tied, knowing Jerome Tang's record in overtime and given, you know, that we had time on the clock, I personally would have taken a timeout. And I wouldn't have, and I, 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 what I thought that they were going to do and what I would have done was drain it down to about maybe seven seconds um and then draw call timeout drop a play because they had some left um now I understand that sometimes you don't like to call a timeout because you know there's a certain rhythm and you don't want to interrupt it or you don't want to risk some sort of you don't want to risk like you know a five second violation um and where they would have had to call like another timeout where if you know if if for some reason they did get the ball back they would have been trying to defend with no timeouts if they you know what there's a bunch of different you know ways to go to me there were more reasons to call a timeout than to not 
I would have called a timeout, but with like seven seconds left, I would not have called a timeout with like you know. I think when they got the ball back, there was like eighteen point six something seconds left on the clock. I would not. Some people would have probably called a timeout like right there. That's what some coaches would have done. I would not have done that. Um. So that's the only real like big mistake that I think he 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 made down the stretch from a coaching standpoint. So that's the coaching part. From the players' part, no one, no, no. Like the only individual person to really criticize for me is Longino. Um, I quite frankly, the 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 missed shot towards the end, that's not even the worst thing to me that he did in the entire uh that's not even the worst thing that he did um in the entire game. I thought that he had some really weird and oddly selfish um plays in the middle of the game. Um I feel so much more confident. I, I, quite frankly, I don't feel. I actually feel. I don't feel the play that they ran was that bad, but I feel a lot more confident with the ball in Bomba's hands, because um, I feel like his body is big enough and he's more physical and thus is more likely to draw a foul. Um, that's an art that I don't think Longino has really mastered. He's good at getting to the line when there is a foul and like uh, creating shots through contact, but drawing a foul that isn't there. Is not something that we've really seen him do. It's 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 art, you know, that we've seen you know Dixon do, and Moore is really good at it too. And I feel like Bamba, especially in like a in the in a situation where you have less than four seconds left and you need some speed, and you know Bamba can use his frame kind of with momentum to court, sort of draw some contact there. So the play design, you know, some people I didn't like it. Some people hated it. I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it. But I do think that with the ball in Baba's hands, it would have been better. Um, and not just Bamba over Longino, Bamba probably broadly. I mean, maybe Hart, um, but again, Hart is not as you know broad as 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 Bamba is, and doesn't have as much around the rim athleticism as he does. So. That's you know that's harder to project as well, but so Obama, I feel like if you want to run that play, he would be the best person to run that through. I also did think that you so that you know that's the big thing, right? In terms of individual, like other, like broad the team broadly, I saw a multitude of really exci- fun and exciting. And I thought very collectively inspiring um, individual kind of one-on-one kind of defensive performances from a lot of people. Um, I thought that Ware had good moments. I thought that Burton had good moments. Basically all four of the transfers really. Um, I mean, heck, even Longino you know what had a little bit of a tick up defensively um so and i and i so i i i yeah i think and it, yeah and you know dick dixon you know he he's more consistent but especially then so i actually thought that our like collective you know it wasn't great collectively cuz we we allowed 73 points but what i will say is that i thought on a lot of individual basis you're seeing some improvement and I thought that that, you know, in, in a variety of ways, you saw it with perimeter, you saw it with the rim, 
you saw, you know, one-on-one, you saw, you know, in, in, in recognizing traps and kind of utilizing zone. I thought that that was, you know, it was a, there was a variety of really, really positive stuff. In terms of any sort of commentary on broad reactions, like, I feel like I'm going to tell you guys, like, the same thing. I, I, I tr- so I, I try not to be optimistic or pessimistic in a broader perspective. I feel like I can make, I, what I try to do is make positive and negative comments about e- individual games and individual players. Um, and then kind of clump it all together in sort of a what did we learn kind of way. Um, and what I'm seeing a lot from fans is just a it, where it, it's 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 either the doomsday it's it's if when we lose three straight now a lot of people are in doomsday mode and in in a way that would not even be thought to be like a, an option three weeks ago. Right, um, so which is just I it's hard for me to process. I don't even think I could force myself to talk like that. You know, people that I know, you know, with varying degrees. You know, I know more people that are more casually into the games, and there are people that are really hardcore, just like calling for Neptune's job, like on the night, and then like saying like, "Oh, we need to come out and support." Like two days later. And it, 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 there's not even like the mood swing. Like I, I, you know, you can make a whole thing about like like the opinions and attitudes changing far too drastically from game to game. But what we're also seeing too is the attitude drifting back and forth between games, where the opinions shift like an hour later or like a day later. It's like, well, we just saw what we saw. Like, take an hour to process, right? You know, like, all the stuff. It's like, oh, this was horrible. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And then an hour later, oh, I didn't think we put that back. I, I, true, I try to do all of my processing and compartmentalizing mid-game and during the game. That that That's kind of what I've so I've trained my mind to do through, through studying journalism. Um, and obviously not everyone has done that. But there, it, it's gotten to a point now where the extremes, are the, the extremes are the only two options. Either we're gonna win the national title, or we, or we need to fire Neptune right now. And it's and those opinion, you know, there are people who are broadly optimistic and then broadly pessimistic, and and you know they have whatever they have, and obviously you know that that's that's more you know nuanced, and I understand that those attitudes. But then there are people. The people who kind of roam freely, like me, and I don't really roam that that much. I, I kind of just like stay put and kind of just observe and then commentate. Like the swinging of back and forth, it it's gotten to a point where it's actually now, and this is kind of what makes my job hard, is it's actually gotten now. I'd say difficult to actually note what it is that people really think of the team because the mixed messaging is so kind of sporadic that it makes making judgments impossible. Like Nuance says, we missed the game by one point and by one shot. Um, 
and you can blame that on whoever you want. I know that there are commentary. There's there's a lot of people who talk about the weakness of the team being the perimeter defense, which I think is fair, and I think it you know it's not a not an awful claim to note that that uh, the game ending on that setting is a microcosm of the season broadly, and I also know that there are a lot of people that are very frustrated with the the ratio of attempts that we take from three and the percentage that we make from three is very lopsided and doesn't really fit and is just sort of kind of all over the place, which I also understand is a fair criticism as well. Um, but you can... Cri- so, to me, making criticisms and then having a critical attitude, those are two kind of separate things. I don't really like to have attitudes about the team. Um, what I The only thing I could really tell you, like, with confidence is the idea of, like, okay, like, what's a panic, What like, what's a panic game? Or if we lose this, that's a panic game. And so to me, that game would be DePaul, but I don't even, th- like, if I feel like if I had, that's if I had to pick one. I don't know if I could pick one confidently. Um, but, and I understand frustration, however, um, it, 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 it's gotten to a point now where the back and forthness is so stark that it makes it hard to kind of fully and continuously gather what it is that people really think and even what they like want from the team like the people who I say like talk about the, the percentage is like okay do you want us to shoot less threes and the answer in response should clearly be yes but then there's not it's like some say yes some say no it depends and they say oh okay we just wanted to make more threes well who who whose team doesn't like that's not a you know that's not a nuanced perspective and and here's the other thing that I'll say too and and this is this is a, a uh, an opinion that I hold very strongly just about sports broadly um it's not mine it it's it was an opinion it was a it was a stance that was stated a few years ago by 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 Colin Coward on Fox Sports One, and it's one that I really agree with a lot, which is the idea that individual games surprise us and records don't. By the end of the year, as an example, the Marquette let's use an let's use an in Big East example here. The Marquette Golden Eagles are, if I had to make a prediction, are probably going to go. Most of I and forget forget that. Let's say before the season, that's even better. Before the season, most people thought that the Marquette Golden Eagles would be somewhere in the vicinity, and I have heard this number before, twenty-five and five, right? Which is a great record. That's an excellent record. That's like oh, that you know that, that that's like one seed territory, right? What that means though is that 
they have to lose five games, right? Now, so what would happen for Marquette fans here is that, okay, we're going to go 25-5, and five, but every time they have a loss... It's it's kind of the end. It's not even the end of the world. That that they, you know that that's such a juvenile way to put it. But like, it, that that's that's harder because, yeah, like not even end of the world, because that's a very small group. But people who would have very very erratic reactions to one losses. And then they're going to have those kinds of reactions every time they lose one of those five games. And then they're going to look up at the end of conference play and they're going to be 25-5 and just like they predicted. Right? Same goes for us. A lot of people, I think, I I think the ex... My thing is that... Well, not my thing. I don't know why I'm talking like that. Guys, I'm sorry. That was I'm I'm off it today. Um my prediction for the Villanova Wildcats is going to is either that we will go 20 and 10 or 21 and 9, right? I'll, I'll throw in like a game of leeway there, which I think is even more helpful for this example. You know, if it's a loss to like I don't know, you know, St. John's playing as hard or something like that. What that means is that we, and I think a lot of people would, you know, in comparison to last year, would view that record, especially 21 and 9, as a very successful season. But people would, you know, but that, what that means is that we have to lose nine games. So we are, let's say that that is what is going to happen, which I, I do think, I, I think that's a fair. Record prediction. We are going to have to lose five more times. And I feel like some people are ready to brace that journey. And some people aren't. Um, You know, I think I've said this on the show before. Like, Villanova basketball and winning basketball are not interchangeable phrases. Right? They kind of need to just, you know... That you know, it's a style, right? You know, Villanova bat. We can play like the best Villanova basketball you've ever played and lose, right? Like that. That's a that's a phenomenon. That is that is reality. Um, but I think that, like you, I think you know, you need to be ready for losses. And and now, so now that we had last year where losses came in more abundance, and as a result, they became, you know, the tonnage make them feel more severe. Now, each and every single one is going to be an, oh, okay, here we go again moment. Um, but I think we're going to lose five more times in the whole year. My guess is that at least three of them come to UConn, Marquette, or Creighton in some sort of combination. Um, and then leeway for a couple more. Um, and those are fine. Like, those are going to be losing. That's the thing. Losing is fine. Now, the specificities of why in terms of things, why aren't they being addressed? That's a whole separate conversation. But, And I'm going to finish the episode with saying to you guys that I'm not worried. 
And when I say I'm not worried, that doesn't mean that I'm being blindly optimistic. What that means is that I don't, is that I I try to take the perspective that I gained and established at the beginning of the year and maintain it through the course of the season, regardless of how many games we win or lose. And my hope is that on here, on, on this great, 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 great podcast, um, that you guys pick that up from me, and I want to provide that to you guys. So, um, with that being said, um, I have some stuff to go study for. Um, I'll be studying film for you guys. Don't don't you worry. I I think that that's going to be something that I want to incorporate at some point in the future. But for now, happy holidays, guys. It's a Villanova holiday season, and 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 and. I've been looking for an excuse to get myself some hot chocolate. You know, there's the Starbucks on the other side of campus. I can't bring myself to walk there for whatever reason. But I, I, I think I, I feel like today. I feel like tonight. You know, after 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 all the all the stress of the capstone has been relieved, I think I've I've earned myself a treat. And so and so and so there we go, guys. But thank you again for making us at the Believe Network a part of your week. This has been the Catitude Podcast with your host Anders Pryor. I will see you guys very soon. Go Cats. Stay warm. Have a great weekend.